Here we are, episode two of Served Up Sober, the podcast. My name is Sherry. I am your host. Most people find me on Instagram where I am. I'm getting a little better, guys. I don't think I posted quite as much last week, but that's where I am. I am the founder of Served Up Sober, and here we are, episode two. I know I promised that I would podcast every two weeks. I think I'm about four days short of that goal but I'm getting better. I am super excited about today's episode. I'm just going to talk a little bit about how do you build your life after you get sober. I had another topic in mind, and this came to me actually at about 4.30 this morning. So I came in early um, just to, to kind of jump on this mic real quick. I think somebody out here needs to hear about what do you do. It's day one or it's day five or it's day 30 and life still is shitty, <laughs> right? Sobriety sucks in the beginning. It just sucks in the beginning. And you, you see this. You see all these hashtags. Recovery is hard. Sobriety sucks. I relapsed again. Yada, 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 yada. What do you do? And I was thinking, I was thinking um, what, what, what prompted this is I'm laying in bed, right? And, you know, usually you kind of wake up before you really want to get up. And, and I woke up probably about 5.10, and my, my mind immediately started turning. I'm thinking about all the things that I need to do today. And I caught myself, and I said, why? Or not why, but how, Sherry? You know, how did you get to a point where you have more things to do than you have time? When did that happen? I said, you know what? I think I'm gonna flip the switch, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and get up early. I'm gonna run down to the office and talk about this because I can remember a time when I didn't have shit to do. I had nothing to do, but not drink and not use, and it was miserable. So today's topic really just and again we're gonna keep it to twenty minutes. It's just to talk about you know how did that happen? How did I go from a black screen? to a full schedule in just under three years because sobriety sucks. It sucks in the beginning. You know, what, what, what happened for me in, in, in the first couple of days of, of my sobriety, and, and, and I can just be honest with you, I cried the Oprah Winfrey butt ugly cry. I, I, I had that cry for probably about the first three weeks, but the first couple of days it was really bad because I realized that I was losing a friend. I was losing the one thing that I trusted, the one thing that I turned to, the one thing that I depended and relied on a daily, and that was alcohol. I needed it, man. I, I, I looked forward to it. I knew that that was going to be there. And so when I decided that I had had enough and I quit, I had, I had nothing. I had nothing but me and 
I wasn't enough, <laughs> right? I didn't, I, I, I didn't see that, that I was something that I could rely on. And so I just struggled, you know, I, I had, I had this empty space. So, you know, I, I, I didn't quite know what to do. I wasn't crazy about going back to AA. Um, but I, I realized that that was the only thing that I knew. It didn't dawn on me at that time that I could jump into this mindfulness gig and, and do the yoga thing. And, and I, that hadn't quite sunk in yet. To, you know, you got all these people doing yoga and you're meditating and you're exercising. That, that stuff was, was going to come further down the road. In the beginning, the only thing that I really knew to, to reach out for was AA. And I'm like, shit, I don't like AA. I don't want to go to the basement. I don't want to find the rooms. I don't want to, you know, you know the, what AA is. And I, I just didn't want to do it, but that was the only thing that that was there. And if I can give a commercial for AA right now, that would be my one commercial, which is AA is always there. You can always find it. You know that it's going to be reliable. You know the topic. It's, it's something you can reach out for when you have nothing. And for that, I was grateful. Um, I, I found a meeting and I must have looked really awful because I was approached at the end of the meeting by someone and she said, hey, listen, I'd, I'd love to help you. Let me work with you until you find someone to sponsor you. And she became my sponsor. Real quick, sponsors don't necessarily have to like you <laughs> in order to sponsor you. You know, we, we get hung up. We're, we're so fragile and we're so sensitive and uh, it, it, it's nothing wrong with it. But I, I know now looking back that I don't think she necessarily liked me. She wasn't sponsoring me because she wanted to be my friend. She wasn't sponsoring me because we had so much in common. She wasn't sponsoring me because we were going to do things and hang out together. Remember, she had a life. I didn't. Right. And so what happened was we set up this sponsor sponsee schedule where I was supposed to do what? Yep. Call in every day and give an account of my day and, and, and let her know that I hadn't had anything to drink. Talk to her about any of my challenges. And we set this schedule up. OK, so now what do I have in my life right now? I have work and now I have a sponsor. That's it. You can imagine what happened is every day like clockwork, I'm waiting to call in because I ain't got nothing else to do. I, I have nothing else to hang on to. And I would always kind of get a little irritated because when I would call in and talk to her, you know, it almost sounded like she had just put somebody else on hold. You know, I was like, hold on, let me check in with this little sponsor, real, sponsee real quick. She was always rushing. And I would get, I would, my feelings would get so hurt and I'd be like, well, damn, she knows I'm calling in and she knows it's me and yada, yada, yada. Newsflash, your sponsor may not like you, right? They, they, they may not have anything in common with you other than the fact that neither of you drink and both of you were trying to stay sober. So if, if, you're, if you're going down the, the, the AA path, don't get discouraged if your sponsor's not hanging on the phone with you for an hour. And in fact, if they have an hour to give you, they're not doing something right because life is really supposed to pop off for you after you find sobriety and you've been in the game for a little bit. You should be busy. If your sponsor has an hour to talk to you, your sponsor needs to find some more stuff to do. And, that, and that, that's just my opinion on that. But so the, there I was, I had, I had work, 
I had a sponsor. I had meetings. Um, and that was it. 2015 was it was an interesting year for me and it there there was it was full of grief and it was full of tragedy and that that's really another another episode but I want to plug this in real quick to 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 show you how things have a way of working out for you. I got sober in in February, Valentine's Day in fact is my sobriety date. February 14th, 2015. In April, well, in May, I'm sorry, May 30th, my dad died. And um, again, like I said, that's a, that's a whole nother episode. But my, my point is he, he passed away, and, and, and that, that consumed a lot of my, my thoughts. And after he passed away, um, I lost five other people, five other people in the span of let's say from June to November. And 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 I, I say this, I say this with with as much humility and as much gratitude as I can, that those six people that passed away that I lost in 2015 saved my life. They saved my life because I didn't have a life, right? And and I had nothing to do. And, and, and no place to go and, 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 and nowhere to be. And death challenged me. Each, each time I, I thought that I was, you know, getting ready to just get, have enough space to brood about not being able to drink and use, somebody died. Right? And, and, and I'm not, I don't want to go down that road too much because this, this is really about something else. But, you know, that's what I had. So I had um, this blank canvas of work. I had a sponsor. And I had death. And, and death kind of became my, my project because I, I was busy recovering, busy grieving. And I don't know why, but I didn't feel like I could chase death with a cocktail. It just seemed so irreverent. And, and I just, I just kind of kept busy doing the things that you do when you're preparing for funerals and, and, and you're, and, and you're burying your, your, your loved ones. And in, in a strange way, it, it occupied my time. In, in late 2015, I ended up meeting someone and, um, they invited me to play golf with them. And in fact, she's my covenant friend now. I'd never had a covenant friend before. And, you know, that ended up happening much later. But just through being present and having the time, my stepdad said to me, you know, why don't you come and help me? I'm working on this project at my church. And I know you really don't go to church, but, but why don't you come and and sit on this board with me. We're trying to put this project together. I think you have a good skill set for that. You can really help us. Come sit with us. And, and I did that. And, and through that meeting, I met this woman who invited me to go play golf. Well, I'd been wanting to play golf for as long, almost as long as I'd been drinking, but had never made it to the golf course. <laughs> you know, you can we can figure that out. We never end up doing the things we want to do. But now and, and look at this we're, we're building we're building here I had um, work 
I still kind of had a sponsor. I had pulled back on my sponsor a little bit, but I had a sponsor, and now I had a friend. This this blank canvas of mine, this 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 where I was still in this sobriety sucks mode, was expanding, and it was growing, and life was very 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 gradually picking up for me. How do you go from having too much time to not having enough time? I mean, how does that happen? You know, it, 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 it doesn't happen overnight. Three years in, and I am swamped. You know, I, I'm, I'm doing the served up sober thing, and obviously that's my passion. I'm in school. I'm going to work. I'm, I'm trying to play a little golf. I'm vacationing. How did all of that happen, right? Because when you first stop drinking, you don't, you don't really know how to navigate life because you ain't got no life. You, 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 don't, you don't have one. You've, you gave all of that up. You traded all of that in for your drug of choice or your drink of choice. And, and now that your, your drugs and drinks are gone, you have nothing. How do you go from having all this time on your hands to not having enough time? Just, just let me give you some stuff here, and, and um, you, you can take this with you. Number one, you got to look at what you got, right? I, you, you, you have to look at what you have. And the, the first thing I had to do after I cleaned up my crazy, crazy environment was I, I had to look at what I had. What did I have to work with? I was fortunate enough to have a job. I was, I was fortunate enough to have family that, that hadn't deserted me and, and turned their back on me. And that was it. <laughs> really? That's, that's really, that's really all I had. And so that was where I started. I, I, I didn't need to edit, I edit, add, or delete. You know, I, I, I wasn't ready to add anything into my life. Cause like I said, I had a lot of things going on and my dad was, was terminally ill. And, you know, I talked briefly about what happened after he passed, but I didn't really have room to add anything into my life. I didn't necessarily need to edit anything. I had one relationship that I needed to delete, and you know what? I deleted it. Sure did. Sure did. I, I didn't do it maybe in the best way. I probably did the cop-out way, which means, you know what? Just avoid that phone call. Just ignore that text. But I deleted a couple of relationships. After I did that, I had an opportunity to say, okay, let me honor my responsibilities. You know, I, I had never really looked at my job and, and honored it, you know, over, over the, the, the decades of working because I was too busy drinking, you know. So I spent half the morning recovering from a hangover and the afternoon looking forward to my cocktail. And so work was just really a paycheck. It was an income-generating opportunity for me. I wasn't really looking at being good at what I was doing. Anything that I managed to do successfully probably just came, but I just got lucky. <laughs> you know, my skill set just persevered sometimes. But I was able to, in sobriety, to start honoring my responsibilities and, and start looking at really being good at the things that I was doing. And believe it or not, that takes time. It takes time. It takes energy. It takes effort when you actually start planning to be successful and, and writing things down. And that's what I did just with my job, just with my job. I started to, to plan and look ahead and say, how can I really tackle 
these things and be good in them. And slowly but surely, life began to, to pick up a little bit. It still sucked, right? Sobriety still sucked. But I began to see these, these little rewards, and, and I, I started to, to start scoring some points on the board. Um, the next thing that, that, that you, that you want to do is you want to create a routine. I, uh, it, it, that was easy. You know, obviously, I, I knew that I needed to, to, to exercise, and so that was the next piece that, that, I, that I added to the equation. I, I had work. I had a sponsor of sorts. Um, I had a friend, right? And, and then I said, you know what? You're, you're, you, you need to get healthy. And so I, I added this, this exercise piece, and slowly but surely, I, I created this routine, this tiny little routine that I could rely on, and I honored that. I did it. I did it faithfully every single day. I went to work, and I, I tried to honor my responsibilities. I came home. I ate healthy. I exercised. I checked in with my sponsor. I checked in with my friend. And I did that every day until I could do more. When I, when I, when I fast forward, and, and I'm, I'm so grateful, I'm, I'm so grateful to be able to actually have pieces that I can move on the board today. You know, I, I started with a, with a blank screen or, or a blank board. I had no moving pieces but me, right? And it, it, it's, it's weird when you're just playing, you're just, a, just, just you. But, you know, now I, 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 I try to figure out how do I fit everything in now? And I have to, even though sometimes I complain about it and I, I, I get angry about, oh, my God, I'm frustrated. I can't get everything done. I don't have enough time to do the things I really want to do. I have to slow down now and say, be grateful that you have some stuff to do. Be grateful that you have an opportunity to get tired right? every once in a while. You know, because if you're not getting tired, you don't have enough to do. You should be tired at the end of the day. Be grateful for that. You know, if, if, you're, if you're out there and you're, and you're struggling and you're in week one or, or, or month three and you're, and you're bored and you're like, life sucks, sobriety sucks, let me tell you, it does suck in the beginning. What you need to do is learn to love the suck. I had a trainer, John. And we, we, we trained off and on for about two and a half years, but he, he was my trainer when I, when I first got sober. And I would go in there, and, I, and he would tell me, first of all, you're not getting ready to do any weightlifting. You're not getting ready to do any squatting. You're not getting ready to do any of that. You have to earn the right to squat. And I was like, who is this guy? You know, <laughs> who, who, who is he? And he, he was so rigid in his approach, and I hated it. And I would always say, this sucks. And you know what he would tell me? Learn to love it. <laughs> you know, learn to love the suck. And, and what happened was as I started doing that, I started appreciating what, what it meant to, to, to do more, what, what it meant to be better, what it meant to build when I learned to love where I was. You're just new, newly getting sober. It sucks. Learn to love it. Learn to love it 
It will get better. You will get better at it. Life will begin to open up for you. And they'll get to a point where you'll be like, shit, I need a break. What happened to those days when I had nothing? (laughs) I had nothing to do. You know what? They're gone. At some point, they're gone. Anyway, that's today's show. Um, I hope it helps somebody. I hope somebody, the right person, hears this message and they're encouraged. Um, Have hope. Be inspired. Don't give up. Yada, yada, yada. All that good stuff. I am out. I'll see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.